Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. This is our core verse of Scripture uh, for this series we've entitled, What If? But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability, everybody say ability, to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. Now flip over to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 21, verse 20. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. This verse was written thousands of years ago in a different culture, in a different time, in a different day and age, a different part of the world, and yet it still holds true today. The wise have wealth and luxury, but the fool, they spend everything that they get. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you've already begun. I feel something shifting in our favor, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. Do something great today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in this series entitled, What If? What if you had wealth? What if you weren't broke? What if you weren't living paycheck to paycheck? Uh, What if you could take that vacation or buy that home or pay cash for the vehicle? What if you weren't bound in debt, in slavery to money and, and the lender? What if you could see your dreams become a reality and accomplish the goals that God has laid out for you in your life? We talked last week four powerful truths that could help us accomplish our what ifs. And it's very simple. Wealth is not evil. Wealth is not evil if it comes from God. It's not evil. And if God wants us to have it and gives us the ability to have it, it can't be evil. Uh, Money and wealth are not evil. But here's the problem. Money, the temptation is to love money. And the temptation is to be enslaved by money. And so what we have to be careful is that in, in our, our desire to see wealth and build wealth in our own life, that doesn't become more of the goal than serving God. And so we make sure that we're serving God. I don't serve money. I serve God. Money serves me as I serve God. And so we got to get our, our priorities in line. So number one, wealth is not evil. Number two, we have the ability to produce wealth. We have the ability Ability is something that we can work on. It's something we can get better at. It's something that we can learn. It's an area that we can improve in. You have an ability that God has given you, but you have to work on it. The second thing is you can produce wealth. It's not just a, you know, all the time you're going to show up and suddenly, uh, you know, we're going to win the lottery or something. No, 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 no. That's not God's plan. He, He does that here and there. I'm not saying he doesn't, but for the most part, he wants to teach us how to produce wealth in our lives. Number three, this ability is a gift from God. He said, it is the Lord who gives you. He gives it to you. You can't earn this ability, but you must do something with it. So it's a gift that comes from God. Uh, And number four, this gift is for you. So often we think that wealth isn't for us. It's not for our family. It's for someone else. My family's always been broke. My family's always been in debt. Uh, My family's just, we've never had anything and was just always going to be that way. And there's no way I could accomplish my dreams, but I want you to know that God has given you the ability, this gift, 
to, to gain and produce wealth. And so that was part one. If you missed that part, jump on our, our Triumph Church app and download it, watch it, or listen to it, whichever you want to do. And I, and I, I want you to get it in your spirit as you, in, as you embark on this year and we see our dreams become a reality. So uh, I, I, was, I was reading a story this week. You may, have, you may have heard of this story before. There was an old man sitting on a porch and he was in, sitting in his rocking chair. And his, uh, a friend came to visit him. And it was, so there was this old man sitting on the rocking chair and his old hound dog was sitting next to him right there on the porch. Man was rocking, and every time he would rock, that dog would howl. He'd rock again, the dog would howl. Guy was trying to have a conversation with his friend, and finally the friend, the visitor said, Sir, why is your hound dog rocking, oh, howling all the time? He said, because his tail's under the rocker. He said, well, my God, why don't he move the tail? He said, that would take too much effort, and then he wouldn't have anything to howl about. <laughs> they say that, that, that in, as it relates to our finances and making better decisions, if we want to get from where we are to being financially free, it's, a, it's 20% knowledge and it's 80% behavior. It's 20%, well, do we know what to do or do we not know what to do? But it's 80% actually doing something. And I, I wonder how many of us could say that at this point in your life, you're the hound dog with your tail underneath the rocking chair howling and, and, and about not having enough money, always being in debt, never getting anywhere, and you're howling. But if you were really being honest, it would be less of a knowledge issue and more of a behavior issue. You don't have to answer that. I don't want to put you on the spot. But I wonder how many of us are howling about our lack, but don't really want to do, aren't willing to do what it would take to make the change. God gave us this ability, but we have to get involved in the process. One more verse for you. Proverbs 13 and 7, reading from the NIV. One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and yet has great wealth. Do you know anyone that is pretending to be rich but yet they are broke? I believe we have a lot of people like that because what I know is that 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They are pretending to be rich, driving nice cars, living in nice houses, wearing nice clothes, spending money like, like it's water, and yet they really don't have any wealth. I, I believe that many Americans give, give off the illusion of wealth, but they really have nothing. In fact, the average household debt is now 136% of our household income. Here's another one for you. The average American has over $38,000 in consumer debt. That's not houses and cars. That's credit cards and things like that. $38,000 per average American. Uh, here's another one. 700,000 Americans, maybe someone in this room, have high interest credit cards up to 59%. The average American spends $1.22 for every $1 we earn. I want you to think about that. We are spending more than we are earning as a nation. The title of our message today is very simple. Act 
your wage. <laughs> I'd like to tell you that I came up with that title, but I accommodated it from another pastor. Act your wage. I think, I think it's brilliant. Act your wage. We are, we are living above our means and then wondering why we can't get ahead. Believing that God's going to bless us and yet we're not handling our money the way God intended us to. The fact of the matter is that we are stewards of God's money. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof or everything in it. It all belongs to God and so we are stewarding his money. And he's looking down at us and saying, I would like to give you more, but you're already spending more than I've given you. You're not handling what I've given you correctly. So I think we ought to act our wage. When I was young and... Uh, I told you last week about how when I first got into college, 17, 18 years old, they started handing me credit cards like just right off the bat. And, you know, before I ended my freshman year, I, was, I had almost $10,000 worth of debt and was working on another credit card to keep going. And I, I don't really know where that went to, but I do know one of the problems and why it went there because I moved out very quickly. And myself and, and Pastor Ryan, we, we got an apartment in Nederland, and man, we were high rollers, right? Chateau Nederland, that's where we lived. It was not a chateau. It was a chateau. <coughs> that's about what it was. I don't know if you've ever lived in an apartment like that. My car got stolen twice, right? All of a sudden, it was a, that's a true story. Um, so, but one of the problems was this. You know, my parents, uh, you know, they don't have tons and tons of money, uh, but God has blessed them, and, and uh, my, my father has handled his money very well, and so as I was growing up and coming through high school, uh, it, not so much early on, but as I got older, we lived a certain lifestyle. We lived a certain way. We, we, I was accustomed to wearing certain things and driving certain things and going certain places and spending certain monies, and I, I didn't realize what it took to live on that level. So all of a sudden, I move out, and I'm on my own, and I'm paying on my own bills, and I am trying to live on my father's income when I was making $250 a week. That won't work. I was pretending to be rich, and I ended up with nothing. Actually, I ended up with less than nothing. And I wonder how many of us maybe done the same thing. We're, we're trying to live on one level, but our income is really on a lower level, and we are pretending to be rich. I know, it's probably just me. I'm the only fool in the room. That's okay. I'm willing to admit it. Let me give you this verse, though, that's really been resonating in my spirit. It's my spirit. Ephesians chapter 7, verse 11, reading from the Message Bible now. Wisdom is better when it's paired with money. Especially, I like this, if you get both while you're still living. <laughs> Here's the deal. Don't spend your whole life and finally at the end decide to be wise. Then it's too late to earn any wealth and, and do anything with the wisdom that you've gained. How about we learn wisdom now? We do handle our business correctly now. And then we can look up and have wisdom and wealth while we're still living. Double protection, wisdom and wealth, plus this bonus, wisdom energizes its owner. 
Here's what I want to do today. I'm going to give you four, uh, four values, four biblical values that I think we ought to embrace as Christians as it relates to our finances. Um, and they'll help us produce wealth. But I think if we can, if we can recognize the wisdom and what the Word of God has to say, I think it can energize you to go out and make changes in your own life. And that's what I want, I want to see. I want to see wisdom and wealth paired together in your life that you can have it while you're still young enough to enjoy it. Here we go. Number one, uh, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail, but take good counsel and watch them succeed. Uh, the first thing value that I think we ought to embrace is we ought to embrace the value of counsel, specifically good counsel. You see, we can try to do it our way, but the Bible says we can watch our plans fail, or we can take good counsel, we can get good advice, and we can watch them succeed. I wonder, in your life, if you were being honest, how many of you would say, you know what, I, there's been several things in my life that I tried to do it my way, I refused counsel, and it did not work out for me. How much of the negativity are you dealing with right now because you wouldn't listen to good counsel? I can name a few areas in my life. Here's the thing. We should not only accept good counsel, but we should seek it out. If we were to take and apply good counsel, we have a much better chance of success. Here's another verse for you, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Wherever you are today, your ways, your plans, and how you deal with your money got you here. I'm not telling you that something crazy didn't happen because crazy things happen, but for the most part, our ways got us here. What we ought to do is get some good counsel, some good advice, and learn from someone who can teach us how to get to where we want to be really quiet I'm gonna read that verse to you again just so you know it's not me this is the Bible fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others you could spend a lifetime trying to get out or you could get some help I, I want to um, mention to you a couple things that we're doing in this series number one uh, we are collecting a list of financial advisors insurance people uh, tax agents, all types of things that can help with our finances and uh, that are low here in this church and in, in one of our campuses that we can get out to you so that you can get with good Christian people because I think it's not just advice, but we need good advice. We need godly advice, right? And uh, so we want to give you a list of those. So if you did not send me your name uh, and your business and, and you want to be on that list, make sure you do it this week so we can get you on the list and we're going to get it out to everyone uh, later this week and next Sunday. But I need to hear from you if you want to be on that list. So if you are any, in any type of insurance, uh, financial aid, financial advisors, um, anything having related to money and how you, you help people manage their money uh, or save money, whatever it might be, uh, and you want to be on that list, send us your information. You can email us at amen at triumphchurch.com. It's also on your app, amen. Uh, just tap the amen and you can email us. Now, second thing we're doing is this. Um, 
We are kicking off for business owners and business leaders a, a mentorship program, a 12-month mentorship program. This is going to be a very exclusive program. We're only going to have a few uh, openings. But if you say, Pastor Renner, I'm a business open owner, and I, and I want to go to the next level. Maybe you're stuck and you're, and you're fighting, battling some things. Maybe you've been there for a while. We have some business owners in this church, business leaders in, in these campuses that want to help you and, and show you uh, how to give you some good advice and how to get through the problems that you're facing. And so if you are one of those people and, and you want to sign up and say, hey, I'd like to be considered, go to the connection desk and there's a sign up sheet there. Make sure you fill out all your information and uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll contact you about what the next steps are. Third thing I challenge you to do is read some books. Read some books. If you want to get better, you want to learn more, read a book. All right, here's a couple that you might uh, want to read, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey or The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. There's a couple that you could start with. There's many more that you could go. But I think, number one, we ought to embrace the value of counsel. Number two, maybe y'all will like this one better because y'all didn't like that last one. Luke 14 and 28 is there anyone here, this is Jesus speaking, who planning to build a, a new house doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then you run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you and they'll say he started something he couldn't finish is is there anyone here planning i think the second value we ought to embrace is is the value of planning planning of getting a plan and sticking to it have you ever started something that you couldn't afford to finish did you start this month and you can't afford to finish it if you're spending a dollar 22 and only made a dollar you started something that you can't finish you can't afford to finish do you approach when you buy a new car or a new house or buy a new couch and you, and you figure it like this, if the bank will loan me the money, I must be able to afford it. Right. I got approved for this amount. They must think I can handle it. You can wander into debt, but you won't wander out. You need a plan. Proverbs 21 and 5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to po poverty. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty, but good planning combined with hard work, they lead to prosperity. Lindsay and I uh, began this year uh, we've been working on this for a while, but we really launched uh, January 1st just declaring that uh, we're going to lead you in being uh, debt-free and financially free and, and not uh, enslaved by money and, and to, the, to the lender. And so one of the things that we're doing is we downloaded this app that Dave Ramsey put out. It's called Every Dollar, Every Dollar, all one word. And it's a free app. You can also pay for the upgrade, which I actually recommend, and it will help you budget it can connect to your bank accounts, and so you just uh, drag and drop right where when something comes in, you drop it into the place where you budget it to come from. And the whole point is to make a plan for every single dollar that you bring in. We don't want to leave anything out. We want to plan every single dollar, even if that plan is investing it or putting it back, and we'll talk some about some of that later, but make a plan for every dollar. How many dollars do we waste in the course of a month because we don't have a plan for them? They just, 
they just they just flee from our wallet. And you look up and you say, where did all my money go? I want to challenge you. Download this app or another one, but start a budget and stick to it. Uh, Lindsay and I are loving it. She's not the most techie person in the whole world, but she's loving this app and she's able to use it. It's very user-friendly. I highly recommend it. Another thing I want to challenge you to do and I was talking to well, actually one of our members here who's a financial advisor, uh, Ahmad Davis, and he was talking to me about this as we were working on this sermon, and he, he talked to me about SMART goals. And I'd heard this before, but I forgot about it, but I wanted to share it with you. Here's what SMART goals are. Um, it's an acronym, SMART goals. Specific. So when you're, when, you're, when you're planning a goal, it has to be specific. Give it a name. It's got to be specific. Number two, uh, for instance, don't just say, well, I want to go on vacation one day. Say, no, I want to go to Disney, or I want to go um, to Breckenridge on a ski trip, or I want to go on a cruise, whatever it is. Be specific. Number two, uh, it has to be measurable. You have to give it a dollar amount. It can't just be this ambiguous, well, I, you know, it might be 2000 it might be 10000 I don't know, it might be 200 No, no, give it a dollar amount that you're trying to save. Number three, it must be actionable meaning you must have a simple plan to accomplish it. Are you all okay today? All right. Um, you got to have a simple plan to get there. If the plan's too complicated, we probably won't get it done. So let's get a simple plan to accomplish this goal. Number four, uh, it must be realistic, right? I mean, uh, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's got way more money than me. And we were talking about, you know, his fa favorite place to go on vacation, He's like, man, the best vacation I ever went on, uh, we, we, we rented our own private yacht and we went island hopping for like a week and a half. And he was talking about private chefs and jet skis and, every, and all this stuff. And I'm looking at him, he goes, yeah, it was amazing. We should go sometime. <laughs> not unless you're paying, buddy. <laughs> that would not be a realistic goal for me right now in my life. So Make it realistic. You must know that it can be done. Even if others can't, you've got to know that you can. And then uh, the last one is it needs to be time-based. It's got to be time-based. You need to put an exact date and time to complete it, an exact date and time. So let me give you a couple of goals that I think you ought to start with. Uh, and I didn't make these up on my own, but when you study Dave Ramsey and a lot of financial advisors, you'll find things very similar. Number one is this. You need an emergency fund. Need, and, and I recommend $1,000. It's not enough, but it's a good start. And that might change depending on how much money you make, but you need a $1,000 emergency fund. So Lindsay and I have been working on this. We actually started before the end of the year, and we, we had our $1,000 emergency fund to begin the year. And I'm just going to tell you, this week I went in to get my oil changed in my truck, and I drove out $616 later. That was not expected. That was not in the every dollar budget. <laughs> And yet, because we had an emergency fund, I didn't have to put it on a credit card. I didn't have to uh, beg, borrow, and plead and say, why don't you just keep the truck or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't have to call my daddy and say, hey, can you loan me a few bucks? No, we had money uh, in our emergency fund. Of course, now we've got to refill it, <laughs> but that's what it's for, emergencies. How many of you know that emerg emergencies come up? You your kid breaks their arm and they've got to go to the emergency room. Uh, you know, things happen. You get a water leak in your house. Your air conditioner goes out. Something is going to happen in your life, and you need a backup plan. So we ought to start with, number one, at least $1,000 in an emergency fund. If you make over $150,000 a year, your goal ought to be $2,500. Why? Because everything in your world costs more money. 
your emergencies will tend to cost more money. And so, uh, you know, you can ramp that up and say, well, Pastor Ryan, I don't make much. I only make, say, $35,000 a year or, or, or less. Then why don't you start with five hundred and let that be your f- first goal? And do it in 60 to 90 days. Don't stretch it out and say, man, by 2018, I'm going to have $250 saved. Man, if I can save, if I can save a dollar a week... <laughs> I'm going to let the kid in Africa starve, but I'm going to have me an emergency fund. No, 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 come on. Come on we, can, we can get there, right? And, uh, and, and do it in 60 to 90 days. All right. Uh, the second thing I want to challenge you with is the debt snowball uh, principle, debt snowball principle. Debt snowball principle says that you pay your minimum payments on everything, but you start with your lowest balance. And you put all of your extra money that you can on that one. You pay it off first. And then you roll that to the next lowest and you keep going. Don't worry about interest rates. Don't worry about any of that. Just start with your lowest balance. Can I show you a graph of what that might look like in your life? I'm a numbers guy. I like to see the numbers. Okay, I, I, it, Numbers make really good sense to me. All right, so let's say you owe uh, that you've got you know six things you've got to pay off here. Just made up these numbers, but just... Uh, bear with me. You got a Lowe's card, $450. You got a Target card, $650. You had a doctor's bill, bill for $1,600. Uh, that was just for the Tylenol. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, if you're a doctor in the room, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean that personally. Um, you got another Visa card. You got $1,800. You owe $7,000 on your credit card, I mean on your car, and then you've got $9,000 to pay off your school loans. All right? So, my minimum payments are right there in the next column. If I, were to, if I were to just pay off the minimum of payments, it would take me quite a while. If I just paid the minimum of payments. But if I could find $200 in my budget a month, just $200, if I could cut, save, earn, do something to find $200 a month, watch what would happen. I add it to my lowest uh, uh, um, card, which was my Lowe's card. That's where I have the, the low, oh, the lowest, the, oh, that low is just getting me. I owe the least on that card. So I, $250 a month is what I'm going to pay. In two months, that one's paid off. I roll that $250, add it to my minimum payment, and I start paying $280 a month on my Target card. And in a little over two months, that one's paid off. Then I roll the 280, add it to the 200 for my doctor's notes. Don't worry that it's not, no interest. Get it paid off. Why? $480. Remember, you've been paying $200 a month for five months already to pay off the first two. So you've already paid off 1000 Now you only owe 600 on that. When you add the, the 280 to it in a month and a half, that one's paid off. Do you see how this could build? We take the 480, we add it to the 30 for the Visa card. Now we've got $510 in, in four months. That one's paid off. Then we say, well, I'm going to take that $510, i am going to add it to my $400 for my car note. Now I've got $910 a month, but I've been paying on my car note now for uh, many months, so that's even lower. So in about six payments, that one's paid off. Then I take the $910, I add it to my $200 in school loans. Over the course of about a year and a half that it's taken me to pay all the other things off, I've also been paying down my school loans. So now in seven or eight payments, that one's paid off. Here's the deal. You could realistically pay off all of this by only saving an extra $200 a month. Over your minimum payments, you could pay all of this off in about 24 months. It's not bad. Do you see how we could build and it would snowball and we could get somewhere? Now, if you were to pay your minimum payments on these things 
and you were, you were just to pay your minimum payments and no more, um, it would take you about 120 months to pay that off. For the record, how many years is that? 10 years. So if we reuse the snowball and try to figure out how to come up with $200 a month for two years, we would pay it off or we could wait 120 months. In that, in that amount, that's 96 months. That's eight years difference. Now watch. If you were to invest that, that $1,110, $1,110 per month, if you were to then start investing that for the next eight years instead of paying off debt and paying other people interest at just 8% interest of a year, you would have $153,014.27. Could you pay off your house with that amount of money? Could you pay off all your cars and vehicles and everything else? Man, what could you do? Could you put that towards your retirement? What would that do in a 401k right there? What could we do? I want to challenge you to step out, make a plan, start with getting yourself an emergency fund, and then immediately go into your debt snowball and get it off paid, paid off as quickly as you can. But planning is more than just cutting expenses. It might also be about increasing your income. Is there any money that you might could earn in order to help you reach your goal? What about this? What if you drove for Uber? Your time clock, whenever you're available, what, what if you made that extra 200 bucks a month just driving for Uber? You could do that in less than one week a month. What if you were to just babysit and go to care.com? What if you were to just tutor someone uh, you know, and, and tutor another student? Go to tutor.com. There's extra money that you might could make and just spend a couple of hours a week extra, and then you could change your life. What would you be willing to do if you were to embrace the value of planning? Number three. You guys are thinking a lot today, and it's okay. I want you to. I'm assuming you're not just mad at me. I'm just going to call it thinking. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, this is talking about Jesus here. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. The third value that I think we ought to embrace is the value of sacrifice. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I really want um, to get back to heaven. I really want to save the world and bring salvation to the world. I really want this joy that is set before me. But I also don't want to go to the cross because that's not going to be fun. But here's the problem. Jesus understood to get the joy that was set before him, he was going to have to sacrifice his desire to not go to the cross. So he goes to the God and he says, Lord, if there's any other way, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But God says, you can't do it. So he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours will be done. He was willing to sacrifice something that he didn't want to do in order to receive the joy that was set before him. Here's this principle in life. We saw it in Jesus and we see it in our lives. What would you be willing to sacrifice that you love in order to attain something that you would love so much more? What would you be willing to do or go through or endure if it meant you could get something better in the future for you and your family? Sacrifice. This is, this is where planning gets real. This is where financial freedom, where, where the rubber meets the road. What would you be willing to give up to be financially free? What would you be uh, willing to give up 
uh, to obtain something you love more specifically. It, it, it needs to be specific and obtainable. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to pack your lunch every day and take it to work rather than going out if it meant you could take your kids to Disney next year? What one thing would you be willing to sacrifice in order to reach your goal? Would you be willing to drive an older vehicle so that you could own your own home? Would you be willing to work that extra job so you could pay off your credit cards? Establish your values and make sacrifices for them. What one thing would you be willing to sacrifice? Jesus modeled it for us, but we have to do the same in our finances. So now you've gotten help, you made a plan, you're willing to sacrifice to achieve your goals, but we can't miss this last one. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Stay with me if you're watching online. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. The final value that I think you ought to embrace is the value of self-control. The value of self-control. Here's what, here's what he says. In the, in the days that this was written, oftentimes there would be cities out there on their own. And if you were attacked... It would take quite some time to get help from the outside, so they would build walls. Remember the, the city of Jericho? It was fortified. They would build these walls, and it would keep the enemy out. So it would keep evil out. It would keep bad things out. It would also keep the good in. And so he, here's what the, the writer said. He said, when you have no self-control, you're letting all the good out and you're letting all the evil in. You are vulnerable to mistakes and you are vulnerable to problems and you are vulnerable to mess ups and you are vulnerable to getting yourself in a bigger hole than you ever were before when we have no self-control. It's the ability to say no when it's time to say no. It's the ability to say yes to the things that we're supposed to say yes to. Impulse purchases nickeling and diming ourselves having no patience not being willing to wait to save the money but rather we would go borrow the money how many of your needs are really needs learn to say no for a little while so that you can say yes to the things that matter for the rest of your life dave ramsey said it like this if you will live like no one else later you can live like no one else if you can live like no one else now and be countercultural to, to the way the rest of the world is going, but live according to the Word of God, then later you can live like no one else. And you won't have to be bound up, but you can be free. Can I give you one more principle here? We ought to pray before we pay. Pray before we pay. If you've got to go purchase something, if it's under, under $100, pray for one day. If it's between 100 and 1,000, 100 and 1,000 dollars, pray for one week about it before you do it. If it's more than 1,000 dollars, why don't you pray about it for a month and see what God tells you to do? You see, before God gives us more income, we should get control of our outgo. Before He gives more in, we should make sure that we are in control of what's going out. We are stewards of God's money. I wonder. Or how many of us he can't give us more because we are consuming all that he's given us don't let money and desire control you but get in control you say pastor i don't think i can i'm just simply not strong enough to do all this yes you are and here's why i know this 
The Bible says in Galatians, but the, fruit, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and there it is, self-control. I've just never been able to do it. I don't have any self-control. I just, I can't stop myself. Yes, you can. Why? Because you have access to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is living in you and you are following His leading, the fruit, what happens when the Holy Spirit is, is leading you and you're following Him is you get self-control. You get the ability to say, no, I'm not going to do right, that right now. No, I am going to hold off for a little while longer. No, I can, I can stop myself. You know, I love that while we're talking about this, we're praying and fasting for 21 days because what a great time to learn self-control. Man, you know what? If I can stop eating bread and say no to the bread for one week, maybe I could say no to the impulse purchases. I could build my faith up following the Holy Spirit, but you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. As we close today, I want to pray for you. And um, at the end of this service, we're going to open these altars and give you an opportunity for prayer ministry, whatever you might need. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need help in your life, maybe you're going through something right now. It, it may not have anything to do with what we're talking about, but I believe that we can pray the prayer of faith together. The Bible says to call for the elders of the church, call for the leaders of the church, and, and, and have them pray the prayer of faith, and, and God will do things in your life. So when we open these altars, all we do is we come down, you give us just enough information, no more than makes you uncomfortable, but just enough so that we know how to pray. And then we're going to join hands with you, and we're going to join our faith with you, and even when you don't quite have enough, we have some to share, and we're going to believe that God is going to do good things in your life, and He's going to turn that situation around. But I want to pray for you today specifically that the Holy Spirit would be strong in your life and that you could embrace the value of counsel, embrace the value of planning, embrace the value of sacrifice, and embrace the value of self-control. And that as the Holy Spirit gets stronger in you and you become more aware and you're following Him more and in better relationship with Him, Self-control is going to be a natural thing that happens in your life. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be difficult because the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do it. If you want to receive prayer today and, you, and you'd like for me to pray for you to say, you know what, I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need, and maybe it wasn't just that self-control, but maybe you need one of those other fruits in your life. You need more power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Would you just stand with me and let me pray over you very quickly? If you need more of the Holy Spirit in your life, more self-control, if you're, if you're trying to get better and, and, and these messages have been speaking to you and you want to get out of debt and be free, I want to pray for you. So, Father, for every person here that is saying, I need more of the Holy Spirit, I need help today, God, I pray that as our hearts are open to you, you would immediately fill us with more of you as we walk through this year. Let us not go a day without knowing that we are in great and close relationship with you. Father, send your Holy Spirit into every person here. Let, us, let you live within us and, with, and be all around us, God. Walk with us. Speak to us. Give us clarity of mind and clarity of thought and clarity of spirit. And God, give us the self 
self-control to say no to the things we're supposed to and yes to the things that we are supposed to. Father, help us get a good plan, receive good counsel, and be willing to make the necessary sacrifices to produce the wealth that you promised that we could. Lord, I believe that it's that kind of year for the people of Triumph, for those in this room and those watching online. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.